Welcome to the Responding to Life podcast. On today's episode, I am joined by Linda Fruits, the content creator behind the relatable motherhood account, Fruits of Motherhood. Her mission in life is to normalize the sweet, bitter, and bittersweet fruits of motherhood with a side of humor. Earlier this year, Linda wrote, designed, and illustrated her first book called The Mom Life. Linda's content on social media is bite-sized, whereas this book is a full course dinner. Equal part sass and inclusiveness, The Mom Life explores the highs and lows of new motherhood, tackling taboo subjects like losing interest in your partner, not immediately loving your baby, and imposter syndrome. Linda's book will be a must-have for every new mother trying to maneuver the realities of daily life with small children. The Mom Life creates a safe space and a vital contrast to the deluge of information and picture-perfect parenthood accounts popping up across social media. It's full of powerful and empowering advice for women. In addition, she hosts a new podcast called Fruits of Motherhood and also offers transformational motherhood life coaching. She helps moms make meaningful changes in their lives and overcome the guilt about doing so. As a coach, she'll help you love the mother you already are and find the empowerment to move towards a more fulfilling life because taking care of you is taking care of your children's mommy. On this episode, you'll hear from Linda about motherhood as a metamorphosis, unrealistic motherhood expectations and how to challenge them, the hardest lessons she's learned as a mother, and burnout, owning our truth, and creating boundaries. So with that, let's get straight to this episode. Hi, Linda. I'm so excited for our conversation today. It's been forever since we connected. We actually met through Instagram. You were so kind to promote one of my first books, actually. And I think it's come full circle that here we are together. And now I am here to talk all about this amazing book that just came out. I hope everyone um, will be very tempted to pick it up after our conversation today. So how are you, Linda? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, and I'm sure there'll be quick followers right after this, why don't we start just by, you know, telling us, um, a little bit about your backstory. Okay. I um, am the creator behind the Instagram account and TikTok and Facebook and wherever social media decides to keep growing like wildfire um, <laughs> called Fruits of Motherhood. Um, I started it about five years ago now. I always go by the age of my oldest son because there was a point where he was a couple months old and I was sitting in my rocker looking down at this beautiful boy. I loved him to pieces, but I wondered why it was so hard and why did I feel so alone and why did nobody tell me? And honestly, I wondered if I just like quite literally ruined my life um, because it was so hard and um, no one was really talking about that online. So I started my account anonymously and I was kind of just testing the waters a little bit and it quickly grew and so at some point I was like, okay, fine. It's me. It's mine. I claim it. And <laughs> it just kind of kept going from there. Um, also, while I was freaking out, you know, at that very moment, um, I kept reminding myself that people do this multiple times on purpose. So it has to get better. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. I just, I really try to normalize motherhood. And I know that term is somewhat overused. It feels like sometimes. Because we all have different experiences, right? But I normalize my experience, which 
to me in the beginning felt like something I should have been ashamed of, you know, not enjoying every moment and, you know, not really living that picture perfect uh, motherhood lifestyle that I kept seeing on social media. And to me that this is my normal, this kind of just, just good enough parenting, you know, while taking care of myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's totally what I get from your account. I love it. I love seeing it pop up on my feed. You have this great sense of humor, which I think motherhood really needs a lot of. It needs some levity because it's just so freaking serious and draining that it's nice to be able to just laugh about it because yeah. in the grand scheme of things, it's just freaking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't laugh, sometimes you might cry. So you just have to be like, this is hilarious. This is comical. <laughs> yep. And sometimes it's both at the same time. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I was looking at your book. You were so kind to send um, uh, an early copy. And uh, uh, there are many lines that popped up. But one of them was that you wanted this book to be a sigh of relief. And I'm like, oh, that's like, that's perfect. Because I feel like as moms, we're just, we're just holding our breath until the next thing drops and hits. And I don't feel like we're ever, ever able to really like just relax into our breath and, and just be, you know? Yeah. Um, so that really spoke to me. And the other thing that you wrote right before it was that motherhood is a metamorphosis and it's so true. You know, people don't really talk about that. They talk about the arrival of the child. They hardly ever talk about sort of the, the changes that we go on throughout that journey. So I'd love for you to highlight some of um, some of the big parts of your like change from yeah. this caterpillar into this butterfly of a mom. <laughs> I appreciate that. Cause I really feel like a moth most days, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I felt like, especially back then that everyone kept talking about the baby, like you mentioned, and my book has nothing to do with parenting. <laughs> it's quite literally just almost a cheerleader book for moms, you know? Um, and the metamorphosis is pretty interesting because I don't think a lot of people saw me go through all of these changes. In the beginning, I was trying to be the perfect mom, uh, quickly was burning out and getting frustrated and feeling anxious, like everything that comes with the idea that you're not living up to your own expectations. Um, so that was hard. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, I changed from that to like this kind of more flexible mom, um, but still very hard on myself in certain areas. You know, then I changed again and I've come to this part of being a mom that I enjoy the most which is just like letting it go, like letting it be like, I really am putting like no expectations on myself or my children. Like I just want to enjoy them. And I found that once I let go of all of these just layers of perfection that I just had to keep letting go of over and over again, that I enjoyed being a mother more, mm -hmm. you know, and that was something that I was struggling with, you know, they wouldn't eat what I made them. They didn't want to do the activities I planned for them. You know, they would have meltdowns everywhere we went. And I kept taking this as something I was doing wrong. And, um, I realized I don't know who I was doing all those things for. If my kids don't want it, then why am I doing it? So 
as soon as I stopped is when I started enjoying being a mom. <laughs> I love that. You know, it sounds so simple and it sounds like such a, you know, like yeah. just letting go and just enjoying like your kids and experience. But it's actually very hard because of those expectations that you put on and you even mentioned that in your book and I'm going to get that's kind of my follow-up question but um the other point as you were talking is that you know we as as parents we take everything as kind of a reflection upon our performance and our abilities to to do this thing called motherhood and I think that gets really wound up and that's one of those expectations that you were talking about which um you wrote in your dedication I, I, I saw that when you were thanking your mom, but um, you mentioned expectations in there and then you were talking about it just now. So I'd like for you to tell me about an unrealistic expectation that you had about motherhood and how you challenged that. <laughs> well, I'm going to start with a really silly one and then I'll go a little more. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking before I actually had kids. I just thought that they slept and we were going to cuddle and they were just going to do everything I asked the first time. And I think a lot of people think that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're not around kids a lot. And even if you are, you sometimes think, oh, but my kids are going to do those things. You know, I am going to be different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that expectation, definitely. Uh, I didn't realize you have to teach them everything and they don't care what you want them to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also um, this, again, like picture perfect expectation one of them was I thought that I had to be like a stay-at-home mom. Okay. I thought that that would be the best thing. I thought that everyone wanted to be a stay-at-home mom and that it was the best possible thing you could do for your family. Mm -hmm. And at one point, um, this is after the pandemic, right? Where you literally were a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I had two kids and I was like, I can't do this anymore, you know? I was so burnt out. Uh, my kids weren't really benefiting from this, what we were doing. Right. Um, and I decided that I was going to, you know, when everything started getting a little more, um, open again, we put them in daycare. I started working again. Um, and that was something I felt a lot of guilt, I think, and shame about like before the transition, and I shared about it online and somebody was like, oh my God, it's the best thing I've ever done. People don't talk about that. Like I work to be a better mom. And I was like, oh, this whole time I'm like struggling alone. I was alone a lot with my two kids and, or with Elliot first. And um, it was like liberating this whole time. I had this expectation of what it means again to be the best parent. And it, that was not for me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thank you for sharing that. And <laughs> I mean, it's, it is true as you're talking, like I was trying to be present, but then I would get waves of sort of um, like empathizing with you and understanding because I felt that same way. Like I tried it, you know, I spent all this time and I think, you know, my background in terms of like going through IVF and all this stuff and adoption. I worked so hard. I thought I have to stay home. Like I worked so hard for this yeah. and for what, like then to just leave and what was it all for? And I tried it, but I understand what you're saying in terms of like 
suddenly feeling that, you know, somewhere in there, I kind of lost myself and yeah. I need something. Right. And, and whether it's you go back to work or not, just even something, even if you're still, if you're staying at home, whatever it is, um, I think throughout the process, and you mentioned this a lot in your book that you do end up losing yourself somehow. Um, and then it just hits you. And then there's that associated guilt with trying to find yourself back. I think that's such a disservice to all of us that we kind of don't really, you know, normalize that. And I know that's one of your um, sort of goals with the book is to normalize and destigmatize all these things that are just a part of life and motherhood. So thanks for bringing voice to that and owning it. Right. Thank you. And it helps other people to own it. Um, so each chapter in your book is actually a lesson that you said you learned the hard way. And all the titles, I love all the titles are really, <laughs> they stand out. Actually, what I do is like, I'll um, open it up. And I think you even mentioned that you can just yeah. kind of open it up and then pick whatever sort of screaming to you that day. And um, I'll share with you later about my favorite one. But um, what of these that you wrote in your book, what was the hardest lesson that you learned from? see um I think there's like maybe two parts to this one everyone loves to talk about sex after kids right um mm -hmm. and so for the longest time I was struggling with intimacy and I would make jokes about it online right mm -hmm. and everyone would reflect back to me that they were experiencing the same and so I just kept chalking it up to like being normal um so but that is also still true uh, mothers struggle with intimacy after children. Um, it's a known fact and it's a lot of moms have a hard time even getting back to, or experiencing, you know, what they wish they could have. Um, but also I eventually found out that again, for the first time, I feels like in my whole life, I was finally asking myself, what do I really want out of life? Um, because I was, I thought I was being touched out. And we, so we put the kids in daycare and the whole thing, you know, I was trying to check all my boxes to like be like happy again. You know, I didn't really know who I was anymore. And so that actually led to me coming out later in life. Um, you know, it was a, a journey for sure, but that those lessons, there were so many parts to it and um, a lot of evolution that comes along with it. And I think, you know, not that everyone is going to come out later in life, but we have to figure out what are our unmet needs as mothers that are putting blocks in our intimacy. Um, you know, what is it that we're not getting from our partner that we need or that we need for ourselves? You know, it doesn't even have to be from them. And I think like kind of owning that and digging into it, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, whatever your outcome may be. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. And I appreciate you sharing that because it was uh, a really big piece and you allowed people to sort of follow in, follow along in real time mm -hmm. um, on the various social platforms. And that in itself is, is tough to be able yeah. to do. And actually, I'm going to skip to that question. I mean, I already had it here. Um, yeah. So, and so you, I was going to ask you about how you're, because of the name of the podcast, like uh -huh. responses to life. And we can either respond to things in sort of a mindful way where we take a little bit of a beat 
And whether that's a long breath or if it's months and weeks or even years to just figure out how you're responding to this inner truth that you you have within that you want to own, right? Or it can be just all reactive, which I feel like as moms, we do a lot of, right? Um, and so you already touched upon, you know, how you responded to that truth of yours of coming out later in life and how it played out. But how did it really play out? Like, life is messy. And, you know, I'm curious about um, how that sort of evolved with your partner, your first partner, and then with your children, uh, in terms of the conversations uh, that had to be had. Um, so at first, I kept seeing these um, videos. And as we all know, um, social media algorithms like to show you more of the things that you watch, whether or not you engage with it or whatever. Um, so I kept finding myself on what they like to call as like lesbian talk, which just means that um, it's not like a separate app or anything. A lot of people ask that. It's just the algorithm showing me stuff. So I would send these videos to like my best friend and I'd be like, she's hot, right? Like, it's not just me. And she's like, yeah. And I'd carry on with my life. And then it would like keep coming up. And my best friend jokingly was like, are you going to come out of the closet or what? And I'm like, what? <laughs> so quite literally the catalyst of something that I didn't even realize was really like happening. And so at first I was like, okay, maybe I'm just like bisexual. And that's what I told Christopher. I was like, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm hiding something from him and I need to obviously talk to him. So that was the first step as me telling him. And um, the day that I told him we had plans to hang out all day. So I was trying to tell him in the morning so that we had all day to talk about it. Um, because at the time we were trying to make quality time like our love language. So that way I would feel what I was missing. Right. But it didn't matter how much time we spent together. <laughs> and so I told him um, and I didn't realize how emotional it was going to be. I started sobbing. And at yeah, first yeah. I was like, I just want to tell you this, like as a joke, because that's just who I am. And I could send him these videos that I'm like laughing about. And so I was like, I don't want anything to change. Like, I love us. I love our family. You know, I just wanted to like tell you this. Um, fast forward, I think maybe like two weeks. I still felt like uneasy, but I wasn't really finished. Um, and so I started thinking about me and not him, you know, and digging into every relationship I've ever had. What? went wrong what was the changes you know like how did I feel and it just like hit me like a ton of bricks like no I'm not bisexual I am lesbian I'm attracted to women I just have been dating men you know my whole life because of like heteronormativity and what I've been exposed to and I didn't know that I could date women you know I didn't grow up with that kind of representation and so I was like oh, okay I gotta tell Christopher <laughs> Um, he was very uh, supportive, um, you know, because obviously we have been struggling, you know, and it just was like finally calling it what it is. Um, okay. it didn't come to him blindsided because, you know, we obviously were struggling really bad with intimacy. Like we would try to have like a date night once a week and every single Thursday I'd be like, come up with some excuse, you know, I just could not bring myself to do it anymore. And I was questioning why. 
Um, and at one point I was like, do I need to have an open marriage? Cause I can't sleep with him. Maybe someone else can. He's a great guy. You know, I just kept like trying to figure out what it was. Um, so after we called it what it is and you know, it was, there was a lot going on those first couple months. Um, we decided to share it with everyone after we kind of climbed the hill, you know, of this, okay. what we were going to do, how does he feel? You know, we made the decision together to share that with everyone because the same message holds true with my motherhood stuff, you know, this coming out later in life stuff and content, you know, is for people who need it just like motherhood. Um, I kind of wanted to normalize that because I didn't have, again, representation of a mom, you know, really deciding to do this later in life. Right. Cause you just, mm -hmm. everyone's like, Oh, you had kids and you're married. How did you not know? And it's, you know, there's a lot of reading online as to why you could not know, <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but um, you know, my kids, they still saw us the same way as like best friends, you know, they didn't see the intimacy, you know? So it was like, nothing really changed. And I would ask my son, you know, do you want to know why Papa sleeps in another bedroom? And he's like, no, I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, but you know, like every month we kind of like check in and we go over what our family means to us. Who is everybody? Why do we have, you know, um, my girlfriend who lives with us now, why she's important to us and how happy she makes all of us and, you know, little things just to make sure that we're all on the same page. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, kids are so, are, they're very interesting in that regard. And first of all, thank you, Linda, for sharing um, that process, because I know sometimes it can be challenging to speak about it because you're basically re you're reliving those tough moments that you mentioned. So I do really appreciate that. Um, and then with kids, they, they provide us with such levity during these really tough moments that we think yeah. are going to be just so emotionally insane. And then they're just like, yeah, no, that's yeah. Is how it is. Okay. <laughs> they, they, they know no better. They know no different. You know, like we actually still live together. Um, okay. All three of the adults, we all live under one roof. Um, and they're happy. You know, I tell them, you know, some people are lucky that they have one person who loves them. Some kids are lucky enough to have two people who love them. And I'm like, you were lucky enough. You have three people who love you here. You know, not also including his brother, which that's yeah. four. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah. I mean, that speaks to just the beauty of, like, the innocence of kids, but also the fact that, you know, we are able to sort of, as we know through our own childhood, we get shaped by the conversations that we hear, the narratives that we hear, um, the experiences that we're given. And I love that, you know, you're able to, and we are some sets of parents are able to create this sort of normalized look at what a modern day family can really be. I mean, there's just so many different ways. It doesn't have to be like that nuclear set that we were so used to seeing when we were growing up and having that on a pedestal. And, you know, I describe when I write about my family, um, I call it a modern day family. And I would say that about yourself as well. <laughs> um, 
And so when, when we had to go through like surrogacy and IVF and adoption, and we're creating this new type of family, like we had to navigate kind of the newness of it and also navigate the challenges, but then create kind of boundaries on the fly. And I imagine that being your experience as well. So I'm curious if you could share like one, like how that sort of happens and, you know, like an example or whatever because for for us it's like we're just we had to create new conversations about the belly being you know unable to create babies like all these sorts of things like that was just on the fly like were there books on it maybe but I had to really dig through Amazon to find something and was it great maybe (laughs) yeah um I definitely will say like having us live under the, the same roof um there's no books on that. Um, and something yeah. that we both decided, like Christopher wanted to be around his kids every day. And so did I. And so that's something that, again, like they don't know any different, but this story, which also we had my girlfriend move in. Right. And so it's hilarious. My oldest son, my sister came to stay with us and wait, no, let me back up. So my, we have this little Polaroid camera kind of like for kids that we like print family photos and we stick it in his lunchbox, like off, you know, time and time again. And his teacher asked him, who is that? And pointed to my girlfriend. And so Elliot said, he doesn't know who, like, like obviously her name's Maddie, but like, didn't, I, he didn't describe her as like my girlfriend. And so somehow he tells me this story and I was like, but you know that mommy, I bet Maddie is mommy's girl. Um, yeah, girlfriend. And so he's like, yeah, I know. I'm like, okay, but well you can tell people that, you know, because like, again, this, these conversations that maybe he doesn't know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's what we go over every month is like, who loves who? <laughs> and um, that it doesn't change my love for him. But what was even funnier is so my sister comes and stays with us and he's met her before, but he was little, like very little. And so same thing. She goes to pick up Elliot with me at school. And I think the teacher asks, Oh, who is that? And so then my son goes, that's mommy's girlfriend. And I'm like, no, that's my sister. (laughs) Um, But yeah, he thinks it's funny. uh, You know, and now I'm like, you know, I'm like, that's your aunt. It can't be mommy's girlfriend. But it's just hilarious. So yeah, we touch on all of these topics really as as often as possible that I feel like they don't get it, you know? And then so also Maddie has always wanted to be a mom Mm -hmm. and um, jokingly, like on our second date, I'm like, well, you can have one of my kids. I have two of them. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, no, like I want to carry. I'm like, okay, that's beautiful. Um, and I was like, it wouldn't be crazy if Christopher was your donor. And so we thought about that for like six months. And because of her age, um, you know, they have her under the category as advanced maternal mm. age. And so we kind of had to get the ball rolling and we asked Christopher. And after some conversations about how that's really going to look, um, he said, yes. So Maddie is actually expected to deliver in the next two weeks. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so that's, so great. that's another story, you know, with the kids telling, you know, they talk about the belly and the baby mm-hmm. and that it's going to be their sibling. And, you know, again, Papa's the father, like all the things, you know, all the, we tell them all the things. So they know. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I get that. Um, yeah. yeah, and the I feel like the sooner you tell them, at least this has been our experience. It's just, it's just, it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then when they're able to, when they get older, it's just easier for them. The way they communicate it, like I find with my fourteen and like sixteen year old, it's just like, oh yeah, this is, this is how it is. Like it's just life. It's night. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um, well, yeah, I'm so excited for you, and you're here on this podcast, and you're all, well, amazing. Um, very yeah, excited. That is exciting. Very exciting. Um, so we're getting close to wrapping up, but I wanted to mention my favorite lesson. What I sort of talk about with everyone about creating this mindfulness lifestyle rooted in awareness. So I'm curious to hear about you know how what a check in looks like for you. Um if that's a day-to-day thing, if it's like a week-to-week thing, how do you stay true to yourself? So when it is dinner time, because that is always my trigger, um, bedtime and dinner routine. Like if I start getting really like worked up, overstimulated, just kind of all the things, that's my red flag um, that I probably need a break from it. And I have to vocalize that. Because, you know, I am lucky enough to have like two other adults in the house. Not, they're not always home all the time at dinner time. Um, Christopher's job and Maddie's job, they kind of come home a little bit later. But if there's an adult home that day, I have the opportunity to say, hey, I need to sit down. I need to go take a hot bath. I need to separate myself because I also don't want my kids to see like that side of me. And I just need a minute. And it's hard to step away when they're little, you know. You can't just like leave them alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then if they're not home and I have to keep doing it, I make plans to skip out as soon as possible <laughs> Yeah, because it makes me miss them. You know, mm. by the time I come home from dinner, like if I skipped out on bedtime routine, I'm in their room, I'm watching them sleep. You know, it's sometimes it takes more than one outing. I'll be honest, but like, it brings me back to the present moment of me like missing out on something. And I'm like, it's not guilt that should keep me from doing it. It just like kind of reprioritizes or it just makes me more present again. Um, And then like, if those things are not an option, I make sure that I do something that makes me present. And my little trick with that is usually like playing my favorite music. So if I'm starting to get a little snappy and not, you know, bedtime and dinner routine is such a trigger. There's a lot of whining. (laughs) So, (laughs) but on my favorite music and it kind of brings me back to the present moment and I can enjoy it a little bit better. Love that. Thank you for sharing your tips. It's super helpful. It can spark someone else's imagination of like like whatever brings them joy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What you mentioned a lot in your book about living in, in your joy um so last question i could speak to you forever you just love your energy i do um this is coming out during the start of back to school so what's a piece of advice that you would like to impart on our listeners about how to navigate this time of year um while staying true to yourself honestly the biggest thing is delegate like whoever is under your roof, you make them help. I don't care what gender, what their plate looks like. Like as moms, our plates are always full too. You know, delegating has been a huge thing. 
I realize that my kids want me to do everything, like certain things for them in the morning. So I tell someone else to do the other tasks that maybe are not involved with the children. Like for some reason I have to get Owen dressed. That's just his thing. And I'm not going to fight him on it. You know, that if it gets done, it gets done and they get to school on time. But that also means that it takes away time for me doing the lunches or the water bottles or, you know, just the accumulation of stuff. Um, another thing that's like huge for us is like a family calendar mm -hmm. back to school. So everyone knows where everyone is supposed to be all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crucial. It yeah. Is. Yeah. But I, I love that delegating for your family too. Yeah. It's insane. I don't like looking at it. it makes me <laughs> want to throw the phone into the ocean. <laughs> That might be cathartic. Do you have a fake one? <laughs> I should. I love that. Actually, I love that. I have some old ones that like I've been holding on to because, yeah, I don't know how to yeah, like do it. right exactly. Yeah. Throw in the ocean. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Linda. You're welcome. <laughs> you should record that. I think that's yeah. a good that's good content. <laughs> With yeah, your real phone. Don't right. get it mixed up. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's good. Actually, that would be really good. Um, well, thank you so much, Linda. It's been so great. I'd love for you to share with the listeners how they can find you um, and about your book. So if you just Google Linda Fruits, um, The Mom Life, you can decide where you'd like to purchase it. But it's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the things. I actually also recorded the um, audiobook, and I'm very dramatic in it. So it's like basically like stand up for you. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I really enjoyed doing that. And um, yeah, Fruits of Motherhood everywhere else. Great. Well, thank you so much, Linda. It's been such a pleasure. Thank, thank you so you. much for this really honest and hilarious book and helpful book. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode with Linda. I hope you enjoyed it and walked away feeling empowered as a mother. For more ways to connect with Linda, be sure to click on the link in the show notes. I would be so grateful if you could leave a quick rating and review of the podcast on either Apple or Spotify so that the Responding to Life show can reach more listeners and widen its impact. And for more information on Josephine Atlery Meditation and Mindful Coaching, please go to my website, jatlburi.com. And on the site, you can sign up for a monthly newsletter that comes with a free 30-day mindfulness plan. For daily inspiration, please follow my Instagram at Josephine R. Etlery. Have a wonderful day.